Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friends. How are you? So, so glad you're here and listening. Thank you for sharing my podcast too. And if you get a moment, by the way, I've been seeing some of the reviews in Apple Podcast. I would love if you left a review and shared it with uh, more of your friends. I have people reaching out to me that they're just finding my podcast and getting lots of valuable content. Handicaps are going down, playing more with some calm and peace on the golf course, enjoying golf for the first time in a long time. I love hearing all the comments and that's what it's all about. That's why I share this podcast and try and help you think at a different level, think above par, because I know that playing calm and playing confident and taking more of your talent out of the golf course is totally possible for you. It's just, we have a tendency to spend so much time thinking that the problem is on the range. We just gotta know when the problem's the range and the problem's our brain. And I'm just gonna tell you, there's no possible way that you can play to your potential or that you can play your best golf if you don't manage your mind. It's, an, it's not just not possible. You can have the all the talent in the world. But if you have a horrible mindset, if you think you're gonna go out there and mess up all the time, or you don't know how to manage pressure or stress or the frustration where it's coming from, then you're gonna struggle. You're not gonna take all your golf out there. And I think that is probably ultimately the most frustrating thing, right? When you know you can do better than you're taking out on the golf course, where you can hit the shots on the range, but you can't take them out on the golf course. When when you play casual golf and you play really well and then you play tournament golf and like a different human <laughs> shows up. So what I want to talk a little bit today about is why golf is so mental part two. I think one of my first podcasts was why golf is mental. I'm sure if you go back and listen to that, you'll hear a totally different version of Kathy because I did not know what the heck I was doing. I was just throwing out podcasts. There's definitely an evolution of Kathy doing these podcasts along the way, but I want to talk about why golf is so mental part two. In the first part podcast, what I talk about is that the hard part is managing all the thoughts that come up when our brain is freaking out. Basically, it goes out there and it looks at a bunch of saber-toothed tigers out on the golf course, and now it starts chattering at, at us, and it creates all these emotions, a lot of fight-or-flight emotions, stress and frustration and anger, and we're not taught how to manage it. And of course, we think that if only we practiced more, we took more lessons or we bought new equipment, then that would give us the confidence that when we went out there, the little voices wouldn't happen. And that's not true. It does not matter how much you go out and practice or how great your golf game is. Your brain is designed to chatter at you and warn you of all the different ways that you're not going to survive. That's the primitive part of our brain. It serves us, of course, when we're walking down a dark alley. And then we're like, thank you, brain, for doing that, for alerting me for putting me into fight or flight. That was super helpful. But when we go on the golf course, it's not so helpful. When we look at bunkers and we look at out of bounds and we look at water, and really what we're seeing is a bunch of different ways that we're not gonna survive as a species, we freak out. So one element of what I coach with people on is I help you manage your mind on the golf course. I help you manage your mind around those moments that freak you out. And a lot of times we just don't pay attention to them. We're a little detached from our thoughts or we might be detached from our emotions and we don't really realize like, why the heck am I not playing so well? Why am I so stressed over the ball? That's because we haven't been listening to our thoughts. We're not the spectator of our brain at that moment. We're not sitting there going, oh, my brain thinks this is a problem, right? I just have to reassure my brain this is not a problem. 
But the more times we make things a problem, our brain then is like freaking out all the time. So it just pops it up to you very quickly. There is a process of going through and calming your brain down, reminding it that you're not going to get eaten. You're not going to get killed going out here and playing golf. The worst that's going to happen is you hit the ball out of bounds. That's not a problem either until we make it a problem. And when we make it a problem, then we have so much chatter in our brain, it becomes very, very challenging for us to quiet it down into something that is productive, that we can make our best swings from, that we can think clearly from. That's the challenge on the golf course. The other challenge is that most of us aren't taught how to deal with our emotions. This would be a beautiful thing to teach kids from a very early age, that our emotions are a messenger about thoughts that we have. Our emotions reveal a lot about our nervous system, our state that we're in. I talked about this in one of the podcasts, whether we're in the middle of the house or the attic or the basement. But what most of us do is we're taught to just kind of shove them to the side. Don't pay any attention to them. Kind of bulldoze over them. Ignore them if possible. <laughs> or just pretend they're not there. It's not happening. No, 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 no. I'm not mad. I'm not frustrated. And so many people, I don't throw clubs, so I'm not really frustrated. I'm like, no, that's... Not the way it works. <laughs> Frustration is something you feel inside of you. You're the container for your emotions. And they don't go anywhere unless we deal with them. And most of us don't know how to deal with them. So I help people deal with their emotions as well. Because on the golf course, we have to deal with them really quickly. At home, you can eat a pint of ice cream and deal with your emotions. That's not dealing with it. That's just buffering over it. But that's what we do. And we think that's acceptable. But on the golf course, we're like, I, I don't know. I have like one minute, I have to hit another shot. So I guess I'll hit it from angry again. Oh, I messed that one up too. Now I'm even angrier. <laughs> I'll hit this shot from disappointed because I don't know what to do with my emotions until like four holes go by. And then you're like, going, okay, four holes seems long enough time for me to deal with it. Now I can get back to being focused. We just don't have that privilege in golf. You can do that sitting on the couch and zoning out, watching Netflix and eating popcorn and bonbons and doing all the things. We do that as a way of dealing with our emotions. It doesn't work in golf. Unless, of course, your like, cart is filled with snacks and drinks. <laughs> you guys like running back and take some Starburst or something to get a little dopamine hit, sugar kick, <laughs> so you can feel better. So I help people deal with their emotions too. That's the other challenging part about managing your mind on the golf course. So two things on the golf course, on the physical 18 holes, we're dealing with our thoughts over the golf ball and our emotions over the golf ball. And being able to manage those two things and getting yourself back into that state you prefer is a skill that most of us aren't taught. The other component of the mental game I describe as the weighted rain jacket that we wear. I had to wear these horrible Gore-Tex, heavy, sweaty rain jackets when I played college you know, probably through a lot of my professional career. And I'm not like so little on the top. So I just always felt very claustrophobic. I couldn't move. And so I hated the feeling of swinging in a rain jacket. I don't like it because it felt so restrictive to me. That's why I make the analogy to weighted rain jackets. This is what we put on ourselves. They're imaginary rain jackets that we put on ourselves about what's going to happen at the end of the round. So we have the individual stuff that we do over each shot. And then we have at the end of the round, what's going to happen that hangs out with us all day. What's going to happen on 18 in our own head about how we judge our score, what we make our score mean. And these are things that definitely show up in your everyday life. Things like perfectionism, fear of failure, fear of disappointment, low self-worth, low self-confidence, beating ourselves up with I'm not good enough. 
So many times people go, no, no, no. I mean, I'm a pretty confident person off the golf course and I'm not a perfectionist in everything, which I've talked about in other podcasts. Or like, I have pretty good self-worth off the golf course. It's just the golf course. And I'm just going to tell you, if you have good self-worth, you have it everywhere. It doesn't matter what arena you're stepping into. You know, when you're sitting there telling yourself, I'm not good enough, I feel like a failure. And you're going to tell me that it only happens on the golf course. I would just question that. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Usually when I dive a little bit deeper, I can usually find words in other areas of someone's life. And what a lot of that is, is shame, that golf shame that's going to happen at the end of 18. I call it like waiting to go get a spanking, waiting to get your punishment. And when you know that that is waiting for you at the end of 18, it hangs out with you all day. And that puts another layer of mental management over all the shots. It's like, I can hear myself saying, I need to make this putt and I have to make a par here or I need to birdie the last two holes. And I know that's not useful, but I don't know why the heck I'm saying it. The reason you're saying it is because what are you making your score mean? What's going to happen at 18? So that's the other component of why golf is so mental. In the first episode, I talk about just the primitive part of your brain and where we're seeing saber-toothed tigers everywhere, how we're going to get eaten alive and how it's about managing your thoughts and dealing with your emotions not pushing them aside, allowing them to be there, not making it mean anything, getting yourself back to calm, back to certain or back to confident. doesn't mean not being frustrated or angry or disappointed or stressed. It's, it's knowing I can feel stressed and pressure and frustration. And I know exactly how to get back to calm. Not a problem. So much more of a powerful place to come from and play golf from than holy crap, I'm angry and I don't know how long it's going to last. Let's, let's hope it's not three holes. Because who knows what the heck I'm going to do for three holes. And then once I fizzle out, then I'll come back around. Not a partner I'd want to have, by the way. (laughs) Right? And then the other component is that weighted rain jacket that we're wearing. Like, what's your weighted rain jacket? And if this is you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that thing that hangs out with you the whole day. It's what I make 18 mean. It's what I make my score mean at the end of the round. How I'm going to feel at the end of the round if I don't play well. Everything we do and everything we don't do is about how we get to feel. Right? So if you're putting that pressure on yourself, if you're trying really hard to play well on the golf course so that you can shoot a number, shoot a certain number, it's because of how you get, think you're going to get to feel or how you don't want to feel because of how you might treat yourself. So those are the major components about mental game. And I've, I said, I don't really like the term because I don't think it's a game because you do it off the golf course. And we do it off the golf course when we're managing our mind around having a bad day at work or a bad conversation with family. We don't call it a game. It's just managing our mind. So I don't really like the term game. We're just managing our mind while we're playing a game. And it has to happen a lot faster. If you can do it on the golf course and you can make the correlation to how it can affect and uplevel the other areas of your life, That is a win-win. And conversely, if you're recognizing that off the golf course, I'm a perfectionist and off the golf course, I don't have very good confidence and I'm taking that onto the golf course. These are things that I do. It's worth working on for your whole life for on and off the golf course. You're a people pleaser. You worry about being judged. You worry about other people. You don't know how to handle pressure or anxiety. And for any of those things, if you're doing that off the golf course, it for sure is going to show up on the golf course. And that might be exactly why you're struggling with taking your best golf out there when you play. All right, my friends. So ask yourself, what area that I just discussed could you really work on and focus on? Are there things that I do off the golf course, traits that I have 
that I mentioned in this podcast that actually are showing up on the golf course. Interesting. That's worth working on. Or do I just need to get a little better at noticing my thoughts and being able to deal with my emotions on the golf course? I really don't feel like I have a big weighted rain jacket on. <laughs> I was going to say, most people think they don't until I dig in a little deeper. It could be that you're like, well, no, I just have crappy thoughts about my putting right now. And I just don't know how to start believing my putting. I'm waiting for me to hit good putts before I'll believe. How do I believe before I see good putts? How can I speed up the process? How can I feel better along the way instead of going out there and playing and putting with doubt and uncertainty? What's the process to get there faster? That's part of it too. So hopefully you got a little better understanding of what I perceive the mental aspect of the game and your life is all about and how they're connected and how I think there's a couple different components, the things that we do on the golf course and also that aspect that's hanging out with us the whole way around. Either way, I promise you, I think this is the best work that you could possibly do for you to take out more of your talent out onto the golf course so that you can feel better, so that you can take it to your off golf course life and you can be happier and more successful and level up every area of your life, right? If you need any help or you want to look for some resources, make sure you head to kathyhartwood.com. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.